welcome to the Stories for Tomorrow podcast. So what's it all about? If you love listening to inspiring and fascinating stories, you are in the right place. We love chatting with interesting people, people with stories to tell. In each episode, we will be sharing true stories told by real people. We believe that stories should last forever, and our mission is to keep stories alive by sharing them. We hope you enjoy it. This podcast is sponsored by Clockbox, a digital memory box of your life to be shared with future generations. With your host, Larissa Lima. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Today's Stories for Tomorrow podcast. Our guest today is Brady O'Connor, a lovely lady that I had the pleasure to meet a few weeks ago. Brady is an inspiring person, a cancer survivor, history teacher, and author. But much beyond it, Brady is a mother, daughter, and wife. So she surely understands the value of stories. So with no further ado, let's get right in there with Brady O'Connor. Hello, Brid. I'm so happy to have you on the Stories for Tomorrow podcast. How are you today? I'm really good. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I was very excited when you said yes for the interview. So tell us a little bit about yourself and where are you speaking from? Um, so I'm from a small town in Kerry called Killarney. Um, and I'm a history teacher. Um, I'm currently working in St. Brendan's Secondary School in Killarney. Um, and yes, I have recently published a book called Spark, which is a collection of stories um, by a variety of different people um, telling us about what happened when they dimmed their spark and what did they do to reignite it. Ah, that's lovely. And would you have a favorite childhood memory to share with us today? Um, I suppose we were really lucky when we grew up um, in Killarney. Um, Mom and dad are both from Kerry, but dad's from Tralee. So we would go every year to uh, the Rose of Tralee Festival. And to me, it's my favorite memory because all the cousins would descend on Tralee. Um, we would have we would be there for the week. Um, and I think it's my favorite memory because I suppose we were surrounded by family um, and there was always activities to do there. We were either at running races or we were at the circus or we were down the town at the little stalls and um, concerts at night time. And as we got older, you know, this bond really formed with the cousins. Uh, so, lovely. yeah, it's lovely. So I think the Rose of Tree Festival is for me as, you know, my childhood memories really um, embody everything who we are. Family, fun and carry. Oh, that's very nice. Those family moments are so nice as now. And we always keep it forever in our memories. That's so good. Yeah. So just coming back a little bit for your book now. So in September, mm -hmm. I saw that you launched the Spark. And would mm -hmm. you mind sharing with us a little bit of the insights that you have about the book and the reason you decided to publish it? Um, I suppose I was diagnosed with cancer Um 15 months after my mother had been diagnosed with terminal cancer and I suppose at the time when we were going through it she was very positive and you know we were kind of saying we're on the right side of science and 
you know, she always looked for kind of like championing through it. And I thought, God, aren't I so lucky to have her by my side to do this, but also as well, um, you know, getting up every day and putting, you know, facing it full on. And I realized, you know, I wasn't the first person. I certainly won't be the last person that will be, you know, faced with adversity or faced with challenges. And then it got me thinking, what had other people done? How had other people, you know, I was lucky I had mom with me, but I also as well, as I kind of mentioned in the book, I used a poem by William Ernest Henley called Invictus. Um, and that for me was my go-to. I would go to that poem and I thought, okay, what do other people do? So, you know, I'm a history teacher. I love stories, but I'm also really nosy. <laughs> so <laughs> I want, yeah. So I wanted to know why, what had happened but more importantly, how do they get up out of it? How do they rise out of it? And that really is the essence of Spark. Ah, oh, that's lovely. And how did you gather all these stories in one mm. single book? So I didn't want it to be a cancer book as such. I wanted it to be a life book. I wanted it to be a story about life. And so many different things happen to people. So I wanted to capture a breadth of people. Um, so first I kind of went to people I knew. So I went very small. I went to my family. And unfortunately in my own family, we have people that have had, you know, um, young men having, um, like my uncle, having um, heart surgery at 45. Um, and then even like my friends next door to me and um, she her her baby was still born and you know as i cast the net further and further and further you know i have friends with children who are have autism and it was just then as i spoke to them i asked them okay do you have somebody you think that something has happened to them but they have shown resilience and they have powered through it and how they did it and then like that we cast the net out further and further and further so i got a breadth of people some people i never met and it was COVID, and they submitted their stories to me um some people i still haven't met because uh, again of COVID. um but they were very willing and open and honest to give me their story and i think everybody want, knew that it was going to be a charity book they and they also knew as well that this might help somebody else that was in the same situation as them so i tried to get as many different stories and different types of stories um and kind of like um, a male female balance as well young old um i teenagers i had uh you, you know people in their 80s you know so there was a breadth of people some people were famous you know um and some people are not and every everyday walks of life and i think that's essentially what spark is Definitely. Everyone has a story, doesn't it? That's Absolutely. Lovely. And how did you come up with the name? So yeah that's a, that's a really good question so in, initially i had called it unbowed the book you know because it's the line from the book invictus is or the poem invictus is um, i'm bloody but unbowed and it means you you know you're yes this has happened but you're you're you know you're down but you're not out um but then i looked on google and there was thousands of books called <laughs> about i thought okay i need to go back and i was like i need i need something else to spark and then my husband turned to me and said call it spark and then from that it totally changed the narrative of the book it totally changed my my formatting my the way that i kind of looked at it and even my questions and i thought yes that's a good one because like what happened to you how did your spark start spark dim and then the other question was and how did you reignite your spark so 
Yeah, it literally, and like with Spark, it doesn't need to be a light. It doesn't need to be a huge flame. You know, Dante Algeri says, you, you know, the tiniest spark can lead to the greatest flame. But um, I just felt it was perfect because all you need is that tiniest little spark, the littlest ember to make something, you know, work for you. Oh, wow. That's very cool, Brady. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all those details with us. I'm sure Spark gave hope to many people. And well done on gathering all the amazing stories and keep them alive, you know. So talking mm -hmm. about stories, we all know that in Clockbox, we clock memories into the future. So with it in mind, Whose time capsule would you like to receive or have received, Pretty? I know, I when I saw this question, I thought, oh, I don't want to receive anybody's time capsule because then that means they're gone, obviously, you know. But then I know having lost our mom um, that I would have loved something like this. Now she left us a legacy. She left us absolutely, you know, books with, you know, her handwriting and poems and stories and letters for us um, that we have the hard copy, but I would definitely would have loved kind of a collection of, you know, a digital footprint really that I'd always have. Um, so I think this is such a fabulous idea. And I think I'm very cognizant of this. I know now that, you know, time is limited. And even in the book, Father Teddy says that, he says, time is limited, we have to use it wisely. But we also have to, you know, leave, and I suppose as being a history teacher as well, I really understand, you know, you're remembered in history because you, it's, you're written about it. But what about the people that are forgotten, you know? Um, and because they didn't put it down on paper. That's the only reason we have these stories is because people actually put it down on paper. So I think it's hugely important. Um, so, Obviously, I would like to receive everybody's uh, that is around me, um, you know, that is much, 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 much older than me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but if I had, I would have loved to have had my mother's. I would have, that, unfortunately, yeah. That's lovely. It surely mm -hmm. would be full of love and amazing memory. Mm -hmm. Surely. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. let's say we're creating a time capsule for you right now. Mm -hmm. And we're going to yeah. set the time release for 50 years, 5-0. What would okay. you put in there to describe who you are today? Um, I suppose who I am, really, um, and the essence of who I am. Um, and I hope that is translated, you know, in, in different ways. So I, I would love photographs. I think a visual, I'm very much a visual person. So kind of photographs of what we did, where we went. Um, I always say in um, Spark, there was kind of three fragments of it. And it was like, be curious, have courage and be in your community. And I think they're the three things that I would love that, you know, if it was my grandchildren were opening it in 50 years time and they would say, okay, I was curious, I traveled the world, I tried different things, I had courage to do things, you know, and then I gave back to my community. So I'd love a kind of a, those kind of, I suppose, three pillars to be evident to the next generation, you know? That's lovely. You can create like different capsules to each part. So that's a very good idea. That's very nice. And, uh, what would you like to put in a time capsule for your kids in a specific? Would you have like different time capsules for each of them or would it be the same one? What would you say about it? 
Oh no, I, I think very different um, because they are very different. Yeah. And I think my mother had a great phrase, there's a sock for every shoe. And you know, <laughs> everything is very different. And you know, I'm very different from my was five years ago. Yeah. And I'm sure my capsule will evolve with that as well. So what I put in today will, you know, for them at when, you know, he's 11, she's 17, is very, very different to what I'll probably do in five years time, you know? Yeah. You know, so I definitely think that's the beauty of the clock box, the fact that it evolves with you. Exactly. That's very nice. Mm -hmm. I try to record like small videos, like 15 seconds videos. So I can look, it's even good for me because I can yeah. look back and I see how I changed through like six months. That's crazy yeah. how your mentality changes, everything changes. So it's a very good exercise to do, even it's for yourself. So one oh. final question before we wrap it up. So what was the most important thing you've learned in life? Would you like to pass on your legacy and never be forgotten? Download an easy guide on how to create a digital time capsule from this podcast description and save your memories forever for future generations. This podcast is sponsored by Clockbox, a digital memory box of your life. Um, this is a tough question. I, um, <laughs> I think um, from, I suppose it's really hard to say, but it, life keeps going. And, yeah. you know, unfortunately, regardless of what happens, um, you know, the wheel keeps turning you know, night and day, it just keeps evolving, it keeps moving forward and you have to do. And it's really important. And I, I really feel that when you kind of acknowledge that and you kind of say, okay, you, you know, you have to keep moving with it. Um, regardless of what you're going to, you have to face into everything. You have to face into the storm. You have to lift yourself out of things. And I suppose the most important thing I learned was that you have to captain your own soul. You know, and then again, that's a line from Invictus, but um, you definitely have to, you have to steer that boat yourself, you know, and once you have ownership of who you are and what way you're going, I think you live freely and you live fully. Oh my God, that's so nice. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I had so much, so much fun recording this interview with you. It was lovely. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and life story in the Stars for Tomorrow podcast. And well done for publishing the book. It was amazing. I had the pleasure to read a few parts of it. Like looking forward to have the whole book in my hands. I got just a few pictures of it. So just to finish the podcast in the best way possible, would you like to recite your favorite poem to us, Invictus? Uh, yes, lovely. Thanks, Teresa. And thank you for having me. So lovely. Um, uh, Invictus by William Ernest Henley. Out of the night that covers me, Black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud under the bludging of chance. My head is bloodied, but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade. And yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishment the scroll. I am the master of my faith. 
I am the captain of my soul. Oh, that's lovely. Woohoo! Thank you. <laughs> it, it is a beautiful poem by him, really, you know, and I think he really shows resilience and it just shows no matter what, just keep learning and keep going. Isn't that the most important thing in life? It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to keep going and find how you can keep going. And I think really that's the spark. And can I ask you one question, Larissa? Of course. Yeah. So if I said to you, um, you know, on the on the dark, the bad days and everybody has a bad day because we'll call it spade a spade on a bad day. How do you reignite your spark? What do you do? Like, is there something that you say, right, I go for a run. Some people in the book went for a run or swim in the sea or um, they meditate. The poem for me, for you, what, what, what is your spark? I would say because um, I'm from a different country and I have, mm -hmm. I have no family here. So I would say okay. in the bad days, I call my family. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, so I, yeah. Yeah, I try to, you know, keep in touch, but because of work and everything, so mm -hmm. I'm not able to call them every day, but in the bad days, I surely call them yeah. and I want to know. I don't even say that I'm having a bad day, but just to speak to with them, it made my day much better. Yeah, it re they reset you. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and your people get you. Exactly, 100%. Okay. Yeah, 100%. yeah, yeah, yeah. Your tribe is your vibe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Stories for Tomorrow. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Clockbox, a digital memory box of your life to be shared with future generations. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.